1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500
2: Breaking news from here in the nation's capital. Tonight, an FDA panel says only seniors 65 and older and high-risk Americans should get a COVID booster shot, plus the Pentagon tonight admitting a colossal mistake that killed 10 innocent Afghans, including seven children. The president's booster shot plan hits a brick wall. Why health experts say not all Americans need a third shot. What you need to know. Deadly drone attack. A U.S. strike during the Afghanistan evacuation killed innocent civilians. What the military thought was a car carrying explosives turned out to be an aid worker with water jugs.
3: As the combatant commander, I am fully responsible for this strike and its tragic outcome.
2: High alert in our nation's capital. Police take extreme measures with the National Guard on standby as there's concern of violence at tomorrow's rally in support of the January 6th rioters. Border crisis. The sudden surge of more than 12,000 migrants into Texas. The conditions tonight in the encampment under a bridge. The view from space. The inspiration for a crew calls St. Jude patients from orbit. And CBS's Steve Hartman's On the Road. Can a Hail Mary pass save the worst football field in America?
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this busy Friday. We're going to begin with breaking news. President Biden's plan to give COVID booster shots to most Americans just hit a snag just three days before the planned rollout. An FDA advisory panel recommended against a third dose of the Pfizer shot for younger Americans. And adding to the confusion, that same panel says those 65 and older and high risk Americans should get another shot. So to be clear, these recommendations are just for the Pfizer vaccine. Boosters for the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccines will be discussed later. Well, tonight, some are questioning if the president got ahead of the science in pushing for boosters. It comes as many hospitals continue to fill up with unvaccinated COVID patients. Nearly 70 million eligible Americans haven't gotten a shot. And there is a lot of new reporting to get to. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is going to lead us off from Los Angeles. Good evening, Jonathan.
5: Good evening, Nora. The advisory committee said there was not enough data to support giving boosters to people as young as 16. The vaccines, they say, are working for now. But they did recommend the third shot for the most vulnerable, saying the benefits here outweigh the risks.
3: In terms of the risk.
5: After a day of intense debate, an FDA advisory committee voted 16-2 against recommending approval to begin administering Pfizer's booster shot to those 16 and older.
3: I don't think a booster dose is going to significantly contribute to controlling the pandemic.
5: But the panel did unanimously recommend boosters for people 65 and older, frontline workers and those at risk of severe COVID.
6: The science on this is pretty clear to me that vulnerable people, people who are older, chronic disease, uh, immunocompromised, those people need a third shot.
5: Up next, the FDA will review the committee's recommendations. Then the CDC will have the final say. But today's recommendation upends the Biden administration's plan to roll out boosters on Monday. Do you think that the White House's messaging here has added to the confusion surrounding boosters?
7: Explaining why and how most vaccines we give are at least three doses and and this will follow the same pattern. And, and that could have better set expectations.
5: Government officials and medical experts presented in-depth data to the committee, including findings out of Israel indicating boosters are effective in reducing risk of severe illness in high-risk age groups. However, members felt there wasn't enough evidence to support boosters for younger people. Do you worry that this debate over boosters is going to scare off those who are on the fence about getting vaccines in the first place? It, it absolutely will. Medical experts say their primary fear now is this heated, ongoing booster debate will have lasting consequences.
6: I mean, I think the lack of clear messaging is certainly going to confuse people, and it's going to make it harder for some people uh, to get that third shot if they need it, or maybe even some people their first shot.
5: Dr. Java a booster was offered to you in the next coming weeks would you take it? No,
6: I'm, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm relatively healthy. Thank goodness. I would not take it right now, but my elderly parents, absolutely.
5: And the FDA will make a decision on boosters early next week. The agency is not required to follow the advice of the committee, but Nora, oftentimes they do.
2: All right, Jonathan Vigliotti, thanks so much. Well, so many questions remain about boosters. We want to bring in CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent, Dr. John LaPook. All right, Dr. LaPook, it's so good to have you because we've been hearing for weeks that boosters are coming for everyone. Why do you think this panel decided against it?
6: Nora, what a remarkable day. I listened to every minute of eight hours of discussions of this committee, and I think people should find it reassuring that the FDA said, hold on a second, there's not enough data to recommend this booster uh, for people, every person in America who's 16 and over. They did think there was enough information to suggest it for people who are in the older group and certain other high-risk groups, and they can always go back and revisit that uh, in the future as more information
2: emerges. So so do you think there was clear data then about people 65 and older and those at high risk of contracting severe COVID?
6: I do. There was compelling evidence from Israel. Remember, they had a surge of Delta in June and July, where they saw a tenfold increase in hospitalizations in people 60 and over. And when they started giving that booster shot, that third shot, about six weeks ago, they saw a tenfold decrease in risk in people 60 and over. And that was one of the reasons. But they didn't have enough uh, data for the younger groups yet to recommend it here. And in terms of the high risk group, we know that people with diabetes, with obesity, other problems are at increased risk of hospitalization and death. And the committee also wanted to kind of protect people who are at increased risk of getting it in the first place, like people like healthcare workers.
2: So that's talking about the efficacy of a booster shot. What about the safety? Is there any harm in getting a third shot?
6: Well, that was one of the big concerns, especially in the younger people in whom we don't have the data yet. Now, in Israel, almost three million doses have been given, and there's no concerning safety signal yet. But the committee was specifically concerned about the risk of a rare side effect uh, called myocarditis or pericarditis. That's inflammation around the heart, especially in uh, adult males under the age of 40. So for now, they're saying, you know what? We need to see more information. We can change this in the future as more information emerges.
2: Dr. LaPook, always so good to have you. Thank you so much. Well, tonight we're following several developments related to Afghanistan. In Omaha, mourners remembered Marine Corporal Dagan Page, one of 13 U.S. service members killed by a suicide bomber during the evacuation of Kabul. Days after that attack, the Pentagon said that it prevented another one when a U.S. drone destroyed a car believed to be packed with explosives. Well, today a top general admitted that wasn't the case. Here's CBS's David Martin.
3: One of the U.S. military's final acts in Afghanistan, a drone strike on a suspected car bomb, turns out to have been a horrific blunder. Many as 10 civilians, including up to seven children, were tragically killed in that strike. General Frank McKenzie, overall commander of the evacuation from Kabul, admitted the mistake. It was made in the days after a suicide bomber had killed 13 American service members, and amid intelligence warnings, the terrorist group known as ISIS-K was preparing to attack again. We now assess that it is unlikely that the vehicle and those who died were associated with ISIS-K or were a direct threat to U.S. forces. The vehicle, a white Toyota seen here in security camera video, belonged to an aid organization and was driven by one of their employees, Zamarai Amadi. six drones followed the car for eight hours as it drove around Kabul. At one stop, men were seen loading what was thought to be explosives into the trunk. The vehicle finally pulled into a compound three miles from the airport. We were very concerned that the vehicle could move quickly and beat the airport boundary in a matter of moments. The drone fired, setting off an explosion, which at the time was taken as proof of the presence of explosives but now appears to have been a nearby propane tank. The security camera footage shows the car was actually loaded with water containers. Zemurai was taking them home to his family because they were without running water. McKenzie said the team that conducted the strike honestly believed they were heading off an attack, but there will now be an investigation to determine if anyone should be disciplined. Nora?
2: David Martin from the Pentagon, thank you. Well, between that Pentagon press conference and the booster shot news, it has been a tough day for the Biden administration. CBS News Chief White House Correspondent Nancy Cordes joins us now. All right. First, Nancy, what a striking admission of failure from the Pentagon. Any reaction from the White House?
8: Not yet, Nora. They have been asked repeatedly about this strike in recent days, but they've always deflected, saying they wanted to give the Pentagon a chance to investigate, to figure out whether civilians were, in fact, unintentionally killed. Well, we now know that is the case, and this is only likely to contribute to the notion that the pullout from Afghanistan was chaotic and suffered from a lack of advanced planning.
2: And then, Nancy, the news about the boosters, Um, I mean, is this FDA panel vote a sign that maybe the White House got out ahead of the science?
8: It sure looks that way, Nora. You know, a month ago when the president first announced that he wanted to start offering booster shots to all Americans starting next week, it did lead to questions about whether the White House was putting undue pressure on the FDA to authorize the use of boosters right away. Well, the president has since softened his stance. He now says that he just wants to make sure that he has enough vaccine on hand to offer boosters to all Americans when the FDA decides that it's the right time.
2: Nancy Cordes, thank you so much. And on top of all that, America's oldest ally, France, is furious with the Biden administration. The French have recalled their ambassador to the U.S. to protest a U.S. broker deal to build nuclear-powered submarines for Australia. The French had their own deal to build subs for Australia, but that's now been scrapped and the French are not happy. All right, tonight, police here in Washington are taking no chances as they brace for tomorrow's rally in support of those charged was storming the U.S. Capitol. There is late word of new online chatter about potential violence. So we get more now from CBS's Jeff Begays.
7: Capitol Hill on high alert tonight. There are layers of barricades, fencing and security cameras, canine units patrolling nearby Union Station. Today, the Capitol Police Chief acknowledged violence was a possibility. In your view, are those threats of violence credible?
9: We don't know with any certainty. But what we do know is that... um, This, uh, the chatter that we heard prior to January 6th obviously turned out to be. Um, uh, many of those threats turned out to be, in fact, uh, credible.
7: This is about where the protesters are going to be tomorrow. You see the barricades set up. They can see the Capitol, but it's still about a quarter of a mile away, and this is probably as far as they're going to get. There was far less security on January 6th, and the resulting attack that wounded more than 100 officers and led to five deaths has prompted Capitol Police this time around to deploy potentially thousands of police officers with 100 National Guard troops on standby blocks from the Capitol. Officials expect 700 people to attend the rally, honoring those jailed for their actions on January 6th. Experts worry that it could serve as a recruiting event for future violent activities.
6: The thing to watch out for is the idea that this is a networking opportunity. Uh, And I think what we need to worry about is not what just happens on Saturday, uh, but it's how this movement changes and morphs.
7: Something else that police are watching out for, counter-protests that could spark violence. Also online, some groups telling followers, don't come down here. QAnon telling its supporters to stay away, calling this rally a law enforcement setup.
2: Nora. Mm, Jeff Begayes, thank you. Well, tonight, a humanitarian crisis at the southern border is growing worse by the hour. Thousands of migrants have waded across the Rio Grande, and in just a few days, their numbers have grown sixfold. That's right. And they are now being kept beneath a bridge in squalid conditions. CBS's Omar Villafranca reports tonight from Del Rio, Texas. More than
9: 12,000 migrants, mostly Haitians, have crossed here to this makeshift camp and are waiting to be processed into Border Patrol custody.
0: Folks are coming over and across as if there is no border.
9: Congressman Tony Gonzalez is urging the administration for a plan to control the chaos.
0: This is unsustainable. This This is not America. This is not the way things should be.
9: Food is scarce and so is water with the heat index in the triple digits here at the border, many migrants are bathing in the river and then wading back and forth across the Rio Grande. Nearly 30,000 Haitians have arrived at the southern border in the past 11 months. Many of them began their journey in South America and made the dangerous trek through the jungle known as the Darien Gap that separates Colombia from Panama. Since July, apprehensions of Haitians have increased 37 percent. Many don't want to go back to Haiti because of last month's devastating earthquake. Today, Del Rio Mayor Bruno Lozano made a disaster declaration. This is setting the nuclear bomb alarm that this is no longer sustainable. And tonight, CBS News has confirmed that ICE has resumed deportation flights back to Haiti. back to another humanitarian crisis almost 2,000 miles away from the Texas-Mexico border. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Del Rio, Texas.
1: Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side, you know, the side your mom gave you, and shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply.
2: In Stockton, California tonight, two former police officers are charged with felony assault in the brutal beating of a young black man during a traffic stop last year. I'm
7: not resisting. Come on. I'm not resisting.
2: There you are. Devin Carter was 17 when police pulled him over for allegedly speeding and driving erratically. The officers charged today were fired in March. All right. One of the world's oldest and tallest living things is threatened with destruction tonight. Workers wrapped the base of the General Sherman tree and several other giant sequoias in silver foil to protect them from approaching wildfires. Last year, wildfires destroyed nearly 11,000 of those sequoias. All right. The all-civilian Inspiration4 isn't slowing down while in orbit. Today, they spoke with Tom Cruise. That's right. They also rang the closing bell virtually on the New York Stock Exchange. Earlier, they answered questions from children at St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Crew member Haley Arsenault was once a patient there and now works at the hospital, and they're hoping to raise hundreds of millions for the hospital. Baseball has its field of dreams, and now this local football team has one, too. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road.
4: 250 miles south of Denver, near the edge of isolation, sits the tiny town of Branson, Colorado. Blink, and you'll moose it. But Branson does have a sight to see, what many have dubbed the worst football field in America.
0: No, I, I don't dispute that title.
4: Brad Doherty is the Branson High School Athletic Director and Head Dirts Keeper. How bad can a football field be?
0: We would go out before every game and fill in and collapse as many gopher holes as we could find. Uh, it felt like Bill Murray and Caddyshack. And
4: the grass would stab you, the grass. Maybe you'd land in cactus if you were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but the Bearcats loved football enough to endure until the end of last season, when the other teams in the league said they wouldn't play on this rocky rectangle of high desert anymore. It was just too dangerous, they said. It was pretty heart-wrenching to hear that people didn't want to come play on our field.
0: Football in our community is the one thing that grabs everybody and brings everybody together.
4: Which is why Brad decided to attempt a Hail Mary. Had the kids make a video explaining how they needed artificial turf because they didn't have enough water in Branson to grow real grass. And how the price shocked the school board. We need your help. Brad posted the plea on social media, hoping anyone outside Branson would see it. You just do that for kids. But this was a goal that was destined to fail. Yeah, and that's why it was so amazing. Thanks to the kindness of strangers from across the country, Branson's Bad News Bearcats are back in the ball game. Ended up raising more than half a million dollars and now have the best field in the league. They just had their first game and won by almost 60 points. But Brad says the bigger victory is the field itself. It became something that we show our
0: kids You can aspire to do great and impossible things.
4: An oasis of inspiration for generations to come. Steve Hartman, CBS News, On the Road.
2: Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan's guests include Senator Bernie Sanders, Dr. Francis Collins from the National Institutes of Health, and United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby. And if you can't watch the evening news live, set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Hope you have a great and safe weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at
2: Wondery.com slash survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News Business Analyst, Certified Financial Planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life.